1: Of a plague ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And she transferred to another school and would call us Dykes on the other like that was her insult to us. Project She'd match? be
0: like, Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. she was like I would have never been so bold Dikes. I know I know I'm dyking out you're out let's dike out together see what it's all about
2: Hi
3: and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's unapologetically queer but overly apologetic for just about everything else. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm so sorry, but I'm Melody Kamali. I'm sorry, you're Melody Kamali, and today we are so sorry to be diking out with comedian and writer Tian Tran about apologies. It is such a fun conversation, and she is such a delight, and we will get to that the best. soon. We have a real announcement. We are going to put on a virtual show. It is happening. So save the date for Monday, October 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will have a Halloween theme. And we'll be posting the lineup and a link to tickets on our social media soon. So look out for that. But Monday, October 19th at 9 p.m. We're going to do another awesome, fun Zoom show. And... I'm going to say it costumes encouraged. Oh, definitely. Enforced in this house. Yes. And just a reminder that if you are contributing at the $20 a month level on our Patreon, uh, you get in free to that virtual event, which is great. So if you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash out. We have ad-free episodes. We have extra content. We have other perks. Uh, thank you to everybody who has signed up so far. We love, love, love our patrons-only Facebook group. It's the only reason that... I log on to Facebook anymore is to interact with our patrons because it's just such a positive, gay, little space on Facebook.
4: And you know we love spaces in our community. (laughs) So
3: queer to hold space for our supporters.
4: It is fun. It's the only reason I go on Facebook. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. And now Allie's posting in it, too.
4: Allie That's Clayton fun. has joined the chat. She has texted me twice already asking if she could post about certain things. We just go ahead. Get in there. Yeah. She's asking for
3: my permission she doesn't need permission. she posts in it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't That's pay. also very queer. Making sure there is <laughs> consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lastly, if you haven't yet. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts to help counter, rate us five stars to help counter the one-star reviews from, I'm just going to say it, deranged people. We have a case of somebody who's clearly unhinged (laughs) who keeps leaving us one-star reviews. That's right. Multiple one-star reviews. Yep. So last time we told you about the one-star review calling us ageist. Well, that person didn't just leave a review and walk away like most people. (laughs) They came back and they wrote another review. And the headline is, took down my review, one star. These people take down negative reviews to keep the ratings high. My review was of the episode in which Madeline Olnick was guest. It basically said that the host talked over her. Let's see how long this review stays up. We don't take down reviews. I wish we could just take down reviews, please. (laughs) iTunes
4: takes down reviews. iTunes can tell when you're fucking crazy. (laughs) Who checks back? I clicked on this person's profile, I guess, on iTunes, and it just seems like a hobby at this point. There's pages of one-star reviews attacking exclusively queer podcasts. So yeah, we're the harmful ones in the community for sure.
3: Oh, man. I mean, I I already think that it's a little bit crazy to go and leave a podcast a one-star review. Like, I've listened to many podcasts and some that I wouldn't listen to again, but never do I think I'm going to go and leave them a one-star review. I just think, hey, I guess that one's not for me. You just stop it and you move on. I stop it and I move on. That's it. That's, I think, a very normal reaction. So unless you really have a personal vendetta against the people or you think that uh, what they're putting out is super harmful in a way, I don't know. But that's a, a very weird thing to leave one star reviews on podcasts. It's not like a restaurant that gave you food poisoning or something <laughs> I like know. that. Is this the person who called us ageist? It is the person who calls Aegis. We also got another scathing one-star review from somebody who didn't like that we joke about the L word. And (laughs) I don't know how this person moves in queer spaces. They're just getting offended left and right. Yeah, best of luck to If you can't joke about the L word. At first I thought, is it Eileen Shaken? did she listen and was she really offended? Uh, But then they said that they were 37 years old. And then I'm like, that sounds like something Eileen shaken would do if she wanted us to not think it was Eileen (laughs) shaken, just lie about one detail that would rule her out as a suspect.
4: Yeah. To kick off the review. I
3: am definitely in my (laughs) thirties. If Eileen wants to listen to the podcast She's the only one I'm okay with giving us a one-star review and listening. I think we've earned a one-star review from Eileen Shaken for how much we make fun of the L word. As long as she continues to listen, that's pretty cool.
4: (laughs) So thanks, Eileen. Thank you. (laughs) Open invitation to come on
3: and make your case. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love the L word. Come on.
4: Yeah. So, come we on. talk about it so much. Uh, We've been asked to stop talking about it. I feel like we, we love the L word. Come we, on. We can't stop. Anyways, check back next week for our update on our next review from this person. I'm just excited for this <laughs> journey.
3: Yeah, I'm going to be careful opening my mail. I'm afraid I'm going to get like some weird powder in an envelope. Yeah, wear goggles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm already wearing a mask, so. <laughs> Cecilia is out of the hospital. I know some of the listeners were concerned in sending well wishes. Thank you very much. She's at home, stable at the moment, but, uh, you know, hard to be optimistic given the past couple of weeks. But I think she's going to be fine and that she's on the road to recovery. So let's hope we don't have to worry about that anymore. Good. What else is going on? Oh, there's some big queer news this week in your favorite city. Yes, there
4: is. The gay neighborhood in Chicago called Boys Town, formerly called Boys Town, has just had an official name change. There was a petition that started, I think, in June to change the name to be more inclusive, to be more inclusive of genders and different sexualities. Um, So is it Boys with an I? No, no. Boys Town with an I is the lesbian neighborhood, which is Andersonville, which is a uh, few okay. miles north of Boys Town. <laughs> um, I lived in Boys okay, Town okay. my first couple of years in Chicago. It is definitely the gayest area in the city. Um, I don't know. I'm fine with them changing the name, I guess, to be more inclusive, but they named it North Halstead, which is one of the intersecting streets. And that's so boring. And North Halstead is a street that stems from downtown and goes through, like, Lincoln Park, a lot of, like, very straight neighborhoods. Like, it might as well just be lumped in with the straight neighborhoods it runs through, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't love it. And actually, I mean, it is boys' town. It is mostly cis gay men who hang out there. Yeah. But whatever. Maybe some of you disagree. I I'm all for a change. Like I said, I'm already apologizing in advance. We talk about this on our topic Uh-oh. today. <laughs> Don't come for me. Um, no, I, I just, I wish it was a little funkier. I wish it was a more exciting name. North Halstead, boring. That's really boring. It sucks. It's the street. Belmont and Halstead is the intersection in which the, like, the start of the gay village. And they've, like, formally taken down all of the banners, like, the neighborhood associations that just say, like, Boys Town running through the street Halstead that runs through it. Um, So now they're just going to say North Halstead. So
3: they're just going to (laughs) echo
4: the street signs.
3: That would be like if gay guys had fought to change the neighborhood Chelsea because right. it's a feminine name. Like- <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're not going to please
4: everyone. I even saw on, like out magazine or advocate or wherever i saw the news they said they like in the blurb for the post they were changing the name to be more inclusive of gender and of uh the lesbian and trans gender nonconforming community and then someone commented way to forget bisexuals it's like you're never ever <laughs> <laughs> please everyone um but was that you Guilty. (laughs) Happy by Visibility Day, baby. Right, right. That happened. (laughs) That
0: happened. You were visible. Love it.
4: I was visible. I felt like it was the first time I ever came out formally on any kind of public platform. Like a lot of people reached out to me. I'm like... Well, some people reached out to me who hadn't even known I was queer. I think I popped up on their feed for the first time since like college or something. And then I wow. had friends being like, oh, my God, I thought you were a lesbian or like I just the algorithm
3: loves bisexuals. That's why. <laughs> very liked post. Apparently it does. Um, and speaking of bisexual. There's
4: more bisexual news. Sure is. Merriam-Webster Dictionary updates bisexual definition to be less binary. I think another petition that came to fruition.
3: Yeah. And I think most people would agree that this is a great thing because this is something that a lot of people who identified as bisexual want to keep identifying as bisexual and like that term better than pansexual for their own uh, personal reasons have been fighting this idea that it's so binary and that it doesn't include trans intersex and and non-binary folks and at the same time I wonder if there's Probably a small sect of people who are like, no, we're bisexuals because of the binary. Yeah, right. (laughs) And now they're offended. And, you know, just again, you can't make everybody happy. Absolutely not. Um, But I think that's good news. And I'm glad that they're putting clarity around that because I feel like it's taken a lot of energy from the bisexual community to educate and really take a stand on the fact that they're not exclusive and super binary in their, uh, in their attraction to people. But it's just a label that they like. Yeah, I'm a little
4: less afraid of the word now, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big week for bisexuals. Have you finished watching Ratchet? I'm so sorry that I'm still at the same point I was last week. And it's Allie's fault. I really thought I sold you enough on
3: it to keep going.
4: I want to watch it. I watched the first two. She got upset. I started without her, and she's making me wait and watch it with her, but she's just been really busy. I'll get to it. Um, I, I will say all the scenes with Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Paulson have been spoiled for me. I can't log on to the Diking Out Instagram account without... I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I keep posting up. images. Oh,
4: not even you, just everyone we follow on that account. <laughs> So, I've seen the scenes and I'm into it and I can't wait to get the story behind it.
3: Yeah, and Sarah Paulson has been sharing a lot of content related to Ratchet on Instagram and has been doing a lot of press, unfortunately not on Dyking Out, but uh, Roxanne Gay interviewed Sarah Paulson for Harper's and... It was just a great, you know, it wasn't that long. I wish it had gone on a lot longer. I wanted more. It was more about like the craft of acting, a little bit about Holland Taylor and how defensive and and angry she gets when people are disrespectful of that relationship and um, says something about people being ageist and closed minded, which was really cool. And um, then I'm like, did Sarah Paulson leave that review? of one star (laughs) just kidding Um, and there's one line though that Roxanne Gay wrote that I loved and it was about how Sarah Paulson has become a muse for Ryan Murphy and she writes I tend to disdain the notion of men and their muses it seems like quite a lot of unpaid emotional labor for women (laughs) I just fucking love it 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 was just such a Roxanne Gay quote <laughs> for sure
4: maybe i don't remember that line because i was so distracted by the photos in her well, like valentino yeah. gowns oh my god stunning 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 yes yeah. yeah. saint laurent Just, cape did you see that cape picture there's like this black of course velar. i did oh, so good
3: i love a lesbian in a cape are you mm-hmm. kidding me
4: uh
3: <laughs> hey carolyn hey melody
4: what's the gayest thing you did this week
3: oh is it time I think it's the time, yeah. I think it's time. The gayest thing I did this week, there were a few things. And the first one is that I ran into my gabers, the one whose apartment that you and Allie had gone to look at. Mm -hmm. And they had actually literally run into me. So they were out on a jog together and they ran into me. What made it super gay was that I was wearing my dyking out sweatshirt and my (laughs) rainbow mask. So I was very hard to miss. And that happened. Also, Cecilia's back from the hospital and I uh, she is on a lot of very strong antibiotics And because of Tignataro, which is what's making this gay, uh, I learned about the condition C. diff., Because Tignataro had C. diff and in her uh, live special she talks about having C. diff and how it's caused by taking a lot of antibiotics and it can be deadly if it goes untreated. And actually when Cecilia went into the hospital they suspected that she could possibly have it so she was put in like an isolation room because of it. Anyway to counter that you're supposed to have a lot of probiotics so I've been making yogurt from scratch.
4: Wow, (laughs) that is gay. Yogurt is pretty gay, gay. right? Yeah. Do you remember that story about the woman who
3: made yogurt in her vagina? Yeah. How do you think I learned to make yogurt? (laughs) If I made yogurt, Using my vagina, I think Cecilia would be even more into it. So I'm going to Google this story (laughs) and maybe see if there's a how-to on YouTube. Change up my technique. Maybe I'm being Mm -hmm. too basic with my yogurt making and there are other methods I have yet to consider. So thank you for that, Melody. So I thought that was the gayest thing. But then Cecilia corrected me and told me that the gayest thing I did this week was give her a cat bath. Uh,
4: What? Like uh, you licked her? Like I licked her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you licked her from head to toe.
3: Not <laughs> That's from on head my to toe. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't get that far. But uh, I had missed her a lot, and she was home, and I. <laughs> this is real TMI, but she said to put it out there. Uh, I started licking her back and told her I was giving her a cat bath, and I kept going <laughs> until it got weird. <laughs>
4: Oh, until it got weird. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, yeah. Didn't start out as weird. Yeah. But at a certain point, I think she got tired of it. So I was like, okay. And I think I've shared enough. What's the gayest thing you did this week?
4: I mentioned last week that I had injured my back by quote-unquote sleeping weird. Um, (laughs) I still have been in an immense amount of pain this last week. It's very frustrating. It's been kind of debilitating. Um, So Allie got us a couple massage. We went last night. Um, We... We're looking around on Groupon because we are in a pretty much in a recession and we we're trying to see if we could find some sort of a deal and I found a place and the guy was very nice. He offered us an even more discounted like he's just desperate for customers, I think. Um assured us it yeah. was it would be very safe and um yeah. sterile. Um we went to this place called Traditional Remedies Chinese Inspired kind of ancient Chinese practices. All right. I'm in even more pain, but a good pain, like I'm very sore, and that's the mark of a good massage. Right? Yes, I hate it if I'm not sore the next day. I want my money back if I'm not sore. Like I need yeah. them to hurt me. So, yeah. I good hurt right now. Um, but yeah, they <laughs> we definitely got the skeptical look when we showed up for our couples massage cuz I ha. feel like maybe they're used to gal pals doing that to get a good rate. You know? Right, right. So when they were showing us the variety of balms they could use, like they had a CBD oil, they had Tiger Balm. Um, He picked up the Tiger Balm oil and tried to explain what it was to us. Um, And we're like, oh, we know all about that. And Allie's like, (laughs) and Allie quickly to just exhibit our gayness had to be like, yeah, I'll rub her down with that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we rub each other down with that. All We're very familiar. Rubbing each other down. <laughs> so I think that moment was definitely the gayest thing of the week for sure. Like he, he his face changed. His demeanor changed. He got it. We're a couple. Let's go. <laughs> like he was treating us like we were like roommates or friends at first. And then everything was different after the massage. Like he was like, you guys come back. Where do you two live? Like he knew we were a couple. And we will be back. Very great place on the Upper East Side. Traditional Remedies. I highly recommend it. Mm. Hmm.
3: Melanie, I'm so sorry, but it's time to get to our guest conversation. No, Carolyn, I'm sorry that I've
4: let us just banter this long. It is definitely time to get to talking to Tien.
3: Yes. So, everybody, we are decking out with comedian Tian Tran, who wrote for Showtime's Work in Progress. Wow. And co hosts Crooked Media's Hysteria Podcast and iHeartRadio's Popcorn Book Club. She's been featured by Comedy Central. Such a great comedian. Let's get into it. Tian, we are so sorry that you have to dike out with us about apologies. Just sincerely, very sorry. And our profuse apologies. Yeah. I'm so sorry that this is what we have to talk about. I only hope I'm I'm I can learn and grow. Yeah. I'm going to take some After time to time. reflect on what we've done <laughs> to you. And hopefully, in the future, you'll be able to forgive us. I, I'm so sorry that you're. Pod rests
1: on our conversation about apologies. Thank you. I'm so sorry you feel that pressure. I, I, <laughs> I really do. It's all your fault. But I'm also sorry,
3: <laughs> uh, listeners. This is how the next 90 minutes are going to go. No. <laughs> oh God! Uh, before we get into everything else, uh, can you tell us what's the gayest thing you did this week? Oh my God. Where do I begin? um
1: i is it gay? I've been watching a lot of uh, a TV show called Alone. Have any I of you seen it <laughs> yeah. it's on the, It's on the history Channel, okay. and okay. it's about survivalists. so it's like ten people out in the wild surviving and documenting everything by themselves um it feels very gay because i'm just watching like a bunch of people woodwork most of the time do a lot <laughs> <laughs> to pass the that time i'm learning a lot about trapping i'm learning a lot about big game
3: hunting feels very butch it feels it feels yeah. real gay i'm really enjoying it yes Yeah, I'd like to think that dykes are well-equipped to handle the apocalypse or any type of situation that requires us to be uh, resourceful. Yes, agreed. There have been, it
1: is very, it seems like a very, like, cis-white dude show right now. Like, the first (laughs) cast season one was, like, all white dudes um, but they've started to diversify their cast as the seasons have moved forward and several of the women I'm like you're for sure a dyke yeah. like 100% <laughs> the way you're talking about bowl making out of like earthen clayware is so gay to me oh my god I have to watch this it's <laughs> so good out.
3: I love it so much <laughs> That that's what was confusing about watching Survivor to me because it was like all these women without makeup and just you know Building shelter out of palm leaves and whatever. I'm like, they're all dykes. They're right? all they're all... All... <laughs> and then at the end, it's like their husbands. Like they get sent home and it's videos of them with like their full face I done and their husbands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. So have a crush on <laughs> parvati were... She's
4: a survivor, repeat winner. That is just very femme in real life, but so butch on the show.
3: Very uh, yeah. yeah. What's her parvati? name? Harvity. Confusing. <laughs> The fact
1: I love that you have that knowledge of Survivor <laughs> <And> That <then, like, laughs> I <laughs> started watching Survivor in quarantine, oh my gosh, if you okay. if you like Survivor, I think you might like alone. They are like they are truly by themselves and have to go hunt and fish yes. while also holding a GoPro. Like all of it is very <laughs> <laughs> I'm a obs- i am I can't stop watching it.
3: It's so, but great. then you don't have the the alliances and the drama and the that's true. Uh, that's true. Apologies.
1: I mean, there's a lot of apologies to their families. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
3: So many apologies. So much So much time. I would be so mad if my wife went on a show like that. I'd be like, uh, we have things to do around the house. What are you doing? You're just going to go try to make it on your own to prove what? <laughs> I mean, there are so
1: many men that are on the show that are like, I just... When they're like 30 days in and they have only eaten like grass, they're like... <laughs> I just I'm so sorry if I I'm so sorry to leave my wife behind by herself but if I don't win this then I'll be sorry for the rest of my life and I'm like okay (laughs) this is good (laughs) the mental gymnastics of trying to like affirm your choice to go out in the woods for like a dream survivalist
3: show this is a lot yeah it's a lot they're doing a lot of acrobatics in their brains so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background, what's your number on the Kinsey scale, whatever you feel like sharing. Oh my the data. Yeah.
1: I don't know what my number is on the Kinsey scale. I've never looked that up. Is that something I should do?
3: I Has I it- honestly don't know. <laughs> Melody, that's more your domain, right? Oh yeah. Just yeah, what is I'm towards? I know I'm
4: not fully gay, but I'm somewhere towards the end of it. I feel like you're high up there, Tian, but that's
1: just oh, yeah. from your <laughs> content. <laughs> Feeling very fully gay, um, you know, came out after college, but had that thing where I knew I was gay the whole time. The U.S. women's national soccer team was a very formative experience for me. Um, of course. Yeah, like had Brandy Chestnut, you know the famous Brandy Chestnut Sports Bra on her oh, knees. Oh, <laughs> did
3: you have that poster? I didn't. Uh I wasn't as No, well, I guess when that happened, I was probably what year was that? 1996. 1996. No, 1999, yeah. sorry. The 99ers. My wall was still, like, all the real estate was just half-naked pictures of Madonna, oh. so there was no room for Brandy Chastain. <laughs> I love Madonna.
4: Yeah? Yes. Mine was like Rebecca Lobo.
3: <gasps> Rebecca Lobo, so good. <laughs> so good. I'll let you have your Madonna moment, Carolyn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a... <laughs> Melody, you can leave the podcast for the next half hour. I'll ping you. <laughs> Carolyn loves Madonna. I'm... No feeling.
1: And Melody won't entertain for a second. Confessions <laughs> of a Dance Floor is a perfect dance album from beginning to end. And I... Thank you. Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is honestly the first time I've ever been able to like dike out about Madonna because I feel like she has been co-opted by gay men so much that like... Yes. I, I just like, I feel like I'm alone and it's alone in my Madonna fandom as a queer woman. But okay, okay this is...
3: Incredible. It's honestly the main way that I connect with gay men is talking about Madonna because I'm like, well, finally, there's somebody who understands and that I can talk about this with. But now there's like the Madonna gay gays who skew older and then there's the gaga gays who don't want to fucking hear it and they they take personal offense to the fact that you ever liked madonna so i i really don't have that many uh younger gay male friends as a result (laughs) i think that's it i mean i don't think it's too wild to
1: say that like madonna laid the groundwork for gaga but it's is that crazy to say it isn't. It's very sensible. Yeah, okay. i was
3: so Oh did. my gosh. Yeah.
1: Can I, I, I have my one story about Madonna. I had my sister when I was living in Boston was in college. She got two tickets from her work to go to confessions and had invited me. And we got into a huge fight before it and she did not take me. And it is <gasps> my biggest regret. As in life, I guess, in life to have started to have picked a fight with her. I don't even remember what it was, but she didn't fucking take
3: me to Madonna confessions. We don't talk about it. That, that's unforgivable. There's like no apology I don't even know. I, I don't even can imagine. That is that is the <sighs> meanest thing I've ever heard. I think. Yeah, that is so mean. I mean, that's the concert where she integrated parkour. Like that's very Wait, upsetting really? to me that yes. I did not get in. Yes, yes, yes. I do like, love all... parkour. So <laughs> now I'm in. It, it was it was during the parkour it's phase. Huge parkour um, phase. Pre uh, slack. Lining is that slack yeah. rope, <laughs> whatever that, that's like, I think you're right. Slack lining. Slack lining. Yeah. No,
1: that's when she had like, she built on stage cause I watched it on an American airlines flight because they had it available. They built like a jungle gym and like did park, did parkour dancing.
4: <laughs> I love it. For the record, I do not dislike Madonna. I just like <laughs> never got obsessed very yeah. neutral.
3: Very neutral. Um, wow. Wow. It's hard for people to understand, uh, like, for younger listeners. And I've had people write in and being like, I never really understood the Madonna thing. But then I saw this picture f- of her from uh, 1986. And I kind of get it now. <laughs> like, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be with her during the good years. You before had, yes. yeah, yeah. I saw the sex book. It's and rough. I liked that. Yes. I have the sex book with him. Arm's length right now, touching wow. the sex book for good measure. Oh my! Uh. God. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh,
1: Apologies, didn't she have
4: one at the beginning of summer? Or did she ever apologize
3: for what? There's so many. Things. There's so many things
1: for her to apologize for.
3: Her COVID tweets, her tone deaf oh, like no. bathtub video. What did she say? Well, what did she do? I don't, well, she said COVID was the great equalizer and it's like, no, it's really affecting no, it's uh, actually people of color, really hurting Hispanics and black yeah. Americans the most. Ugh. And, uh, yeah, not her who got to like fly in quarantine in in her mansion and make Instagram videos from her bathtub. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> too many athletes and too many, like
1: I saw one recently, Carrie Walsh, uh, of Misty May and Carrie Walsh fame, the beach volleyball team, she recently posted an Instagram that was like, I know I'm I'm stepping out right now, but I need to just say it. I bravely went to the... She said bravely. I bravely went to the grocery store without a mask on because I read something that really resonated with me and it said, we did not consent to this. And so I walked out because it's like my freedom as an American to do whatever I want. And then... Brett Favre commented, Amen, sister. And I was like, oh. that is a duo that I absolutely needed to see in this moment. Brett Favre and Carrie Walsh just being like, America, yeah. <laughs> and then she issued a po- and then she issued an apology. Was it on a notes app screenshot or was it teary video? Even worse format. It was like I think the image that she used was a screen grab of a like a quote about freedom and then (laughs) and then in the caption she wrote like a half-ass half-hearted apology that was a sent like I think the worst apologies are the ones that are like I'm sorry you feel x I'm sorry I made you feel I'm sorry I offended you like all of those are putting the onus of feeling offended on the person as though the person who like enacted that you know violence was not a part of it at all yeah (laughs) Um, right so it was just like a very 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 long paragraphs upon paragraphs of her essentially being like I'm sorry you feel this way but I do believe in freedom (laughs) (laughs) sneaky yeah I'm I'm sorry you're this way
3: yes I'm sorry you're uh, upset (laughs) I mean, most of the time with those, it's not even I'm sorry that I offended you. It's I'm sorry if you if anyone was offended by this. So it just like totally removes them out of the equation (laughs) as if it was like this bubble floating in the air that happened to hit somebody uh, accidentally. I don't know.
1: It's No, it's really real. like the phrase like I'm sorry you were offended by this is also just a kind of backhanded passive aggressive way to be like, there were a lot of people that were not offended by this. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you fall into the group that was offended, I guess I have to write this fucking notes app apology to you.
3: <laughs> I didn't see that scenario play out, but just listening to it, I don't need an apology from her about how that made people feel. Apologize to the fucking people at the grocery store <laughs> yes. who had to breathe in your gross spores during a pandemic. <sighs> That's who needs the apology. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Did either of you watch the L- Ellen's apology? Yes. Let's get into <laughs> oh my it.
1: God, I want to hear your, I want to hear the thoughts. Apology of the week. Um,
4: <sighs> pretty cringe. Just to pretty cringe immediately. Like make it about her right off the bat. Like, <laughs> well, I had a crazy
3: summer. <laughs> like that. That was the. That was probably my least favorite part of it. Uh, that's like first or second place for least favorite part of it. But the sarcasm in the beginning was just all like, woe is me. My summer was so awful. And it was like, do you know the summer that the rest of the country has been yes. ha- yeah. having? Like, do you do you realize? Like, did, do
1: you realize that you had a sh- a shitty, I'm doing air quotes, shitty summer because you were a bad person? Like, it's yeah. not like something happened to you. You like cultivated it. And it finally bubbled to the surface. My my least favorite part of that apology was her being like, uh, I, I'm not a very good actor. That whole spiel that she was like, you know, I am a good actress. I even played straight. But I'm not that... That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but keep going. Keep going. No, I mean, favorite in the favorite cringe moment that she was just like, I you know, was, I'm good enough to play straight, but am not good enough to be a... Decent. ...to fake kindness? <laughs> yeah. And I also truly hated that she kind of weaponized, like, violence against queer youth as an explanation for her be kind That was my least favorite
4: part. She's like, you know, I only said it after... Wait, which instance was it right after I'm sorry I'm blanking on it, uh,
3: Trevor okay
4: yeah um yeah she just said be kind to one another and then it kind of stuck and it's it's all because of this one instant that she says it at the end of her show it's like no yeah. you
3: made it your whole brand yeah she stopped saying it she didn't end the episode with that which shows that Like, have you learned nothing? Like, instead of rise to the occasion, you're like, delete, delete. Yeah. (laughs) Let's pretend I never (laughs) said that. So you stop holding me to a standard of of decency. I love that Uh, logic. We're going to not say be kind
1: anymore. And maybe we're just going to be like, "Mm, the bar is low.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I have been uh, a little bit chewed out by listeners before for being somewhat of an Ellen apologist. I've heard the rumors and from people uh, out in LA that, yes, it's just a known thing that it's a terrible place to work, that Ellen is not a good boss, doesn't yeah. create a good environment. But I really hated that random person on Twitter who just was like, let's all share a mean stories about Ellen. I'm like, who are you and what are you doing? This is like the pettiest, weirdest <laughs> thing. Like, I guess I, I don't like a a pylon and it just seemed like this very malicious thing and I do think that some of the things because of the pylon are a little bit unfair like when the security guard from the Oscars was like she didn't make small talk with me yeah she's fucking hosting the Oscars (laughs) the last thing she needs to do is get to know the security guard Uh, you know and like you don't know what. like, the stuff with the eye contact. What's that? People are told not to make direct oh, eye contact oh, yes. with her. Oh, yes, 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 Maybe people used to stare at her a lot. Maybe she has a little bit of Asperger's. I don't know. Like, but... This is a very generous read. <laughs> it, it is a very... It's a very degenerate. <laughs> oh, no, come uh, on. Oh, come on. Take now. on the thing. But, but... Th- that's, like, as far as it goes. Like, but... That apology, it fell so short. And the, the humor in it, you know the joke about her her acting and stuff i'm like okay i can appreciate that ellen would want to put like a little bit of levity in it cuz this actually wasn't her first apology she had an apology come out back in july when this all went down right. that was like a seri- more serious written apology that was like a little bit more thorough so now this is like kind of in the context of her show so i wasn't surprised to see humor in it but like if you're going to use humor it has to be good and most of it was <laughs> terrible like the thing about being impatient I'm like that's not something anybody was upset yeah. about and all the articles written about you nobody was like Ellen's problem is that she's an impatient boss it's like no that you're cruel and you don't care about people <laughs> and that you have let these three uh, very abusive executive producers create a toxic work environment while and, and for her to come out Like, these rumors have been going on for years. Yeah. Years. The show's been going on for over 10 years. And she's like, I have now just discovered that it is not a good place to work. (laughs) I know. 17 seasons.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. And she is now kind of even... I don't... The apology was so underwhelming and tone deaf because... And, you know, I agree with you with the piling on. I think the pi- i mean i liked watching it but i think the piling <laughs> yeah, me too. i think the p- <laughs> fully love chaos. Those. Love, yeah. love chaos <laughs> <laughs> but i think the piling on in that scenario in, in in situations like this where celebrities like have to apologize or have something bad comes out about them that the piling on undermines like the real problems that are happening in yeah. that particular show so like her coming out and making jokes about the fact that like her employees were sexually harassed. Like, these are not, like— Right. It's not just a toxic yeah. environment. Like, it's a very, like, unhealthy, unsafe work environment that was racist and sexist. And, like, there was sexual harassment. And for her to come out— And sexual assault, right? Straight-up assault.
2: Imagine yeah. A straight-up assault. Seeing yeah.
4: your assault as a punchline on network daytime TV. It's
1: yeah. wild. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild to—it's, like— she won't be held accountable in the way that people want her to be held accountable because I saw I saw her ratings were fine. Yeah, like her ratings were totally seasons. fine.
3: That that's the other thing. It's like the apology was terrible, but I don't think it matters yeah. because her because the people who are the most mad about this aren't the people who watch her show. The people who watch right. her show and tune in every day for you know Ellen having tea with toddlers <laughs> they don't they don't really care. Is that a segment of it used to be. Oh, I really? They okay, were taking it. <laughs> Thought that was an offhand yeah, comment. And, yeah, me but, too. Yep. <laughs> no. There, there are those like two little oh, like toddlers that dressed yes, up yes, in yes. princess stuff all the time. I think it was actually Taylor Swift who came on and had tea with them uh, and, and not Ellen, but they were on the show uh, a lot and are probably both nightmares now. And I'm not apologizing. Oh, are for they that. the super base uh, girls? Them the
1: best. The two
3: little girls. Gr- th- yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Can, can
3: we all agree they're British, that they're probably right? like,
1: the, yeah, 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 the British, yes, yeah, who rapped Nicki Minaj? Right, right, right. <laughs>
3: okay, yeah. So much has happened, right, 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 and, and blew up. I can't imagine how uh... impossible it must be to deal with them. Uh, maybe not. If if they're, I take it back. If they're cool, I apologize. If they're listening to Diking Out right now. I'm sorry that I assumed that you were going to grow up to be monsters. <laughs> Every indication. Pointed sorry, at sorry, <laughs>
4: sorry. I don't know. She should sorry, be sorry for some of the jokes. I feel like she was waiting, pausing for laughter too, which made it so uncomfortable. And just the timing. Well, and with so the virtual u- audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the timing. And underwear line. Like, this is the Ellen DeGeneres show. I am Ellen
1: DeGeneres. My name is there. My name is there. My name is underwear. <laughs> yeah. So bad. So bad. It Honestly, that joke only serves to show like how bad of a boss she is. She was like, it's like, yeah, I am. I run the show. My name is everywhere. Like, (laughs) you're the reason why it's
2: so bad.
3: Yeah. And then like 17 years later, though, uh, you're claiming ignorance to all the problems that were going on before. And... It, it's just it's very hard to believe that she still hasn't apologized to the queer community for failing us as an icon <laughs> TikTok. I need that I apology I think it's been very hard it has been very hard I think for a lot of queer women who looked up to Ellen and held her in like such high yeah. esteem and um, I mean did you ever go to that website afterellen.com <laughs> well, we, well maybe that was a sign of things to come yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh because she did i mean but yeah for for
1: hollywood and like representation and exposure i mean she did she kind she led the way she had the time magazine yeah. cover that said like i'm gay crouching and i was like that is a very gay crouch okay we're we're behind you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're behind. The you. crouch doesn't get enough. The attention. The crouch doesn't get enough attention. That that was the choice for that cover. Yes, yeah. so, I haven't thought about that. That's so true. <laughs> like she's is... like she's like you know what I'm I'm gay close to the ground. Not gonna be an intimidating or like uh, like a what's the word I'm looking for um, like overshadowing anyone. Like I'm gay. I'm palatable. I'm safe. Yeah. I'm low to the ground. I'm not gonna scare you.
2: <laughs> Here I
1: am. <laughs> um but it i mean it is it is disappointing and i also think it like teaches us not to hold all of these people and celebrities to like a hero status but also to hold them accountable when they're acting like terrible
3: toxic bosses sometimes it seems though that no matter what apology you give. So I think we all agree. This was a terrible apology. There has been a lot of apologizing that has been going on, uh, the past few months, just, just in this terms year. of, yeah. but especially yeah. since the <laughs> yeah. pandemic
4: hit and yeah.
3: since, since the pandemic and a lot of the black lives matter stuff and people being called out for being racist in the past and, and things like that. and, Sometimes it seems no matter how good of an apology someone gives and how sincere it seems, people still are like, what a horrible apology. Like, no, like there's, it feels like almost impossible to satisfy everybody. Yeah. It is impossible to satisfy everybody with an apology. But uh I don't know. Sometimes... Like I remember just seeing someone on Twitter and being like, Well, that sounds good. They didn't they didn't try to put the blame on anybody but themselves. They seemed to take direct responsibility. They acknowledged correctly what the problem was, uh, and what they're gonna do about it moving forward and seem genuinely remorseful and they've kind of taken some space away and people are still like, fuck you. I, <laughs> know. I
1: know. I mean, it does, it's like, you know, we all have our platforms as, like, you know, I have, like, a little modest, like, Instagram platform and I, I it is scary to think that, like, if I, if any one of us were to, like, fuck up or, like, that there isn't that room for grace and or to have an apology accepted. It's, it's hard, but I, I think that like so many of the, or a lot that we, that I have seen this summer is just a lot of people like being called out for past behavior that should have been a red flag before, you know, like with a lot of the racism, like, you know, these corporations that also have to apologize or, like, these businesses. And, like, right. it's, like, you, you kind of knew these were all bad things that you were doing and you were just trying to get away with it. So, like, I, I honestly, I see why people don't want to accept those apologies because it's, like, it's coming from people are, who are trying to push how much they can get away with, how much racism can they get sure. away with, how much sexism can they get away with. Um, and I hope that, like, people getting called out and having these kind of shitty apologies helps other folks adjust course so that we don't have to have these apologies um yeah it's it's hard it's hard cuz like i don't know if we would ever be satisfied by an apology from like a celebrity or like a big name or a politician
3: yeah
4: yeah no it's just like a cultural thing too in the states i think that we're just mm-hmm. such a Like in Japan, there's just such a polite country to begin with. Or like in Canada, I just don't think apologies are such a big deal because it doesn't get to the point where you need to make these (laughs) colossal apologies. Like it just doesn't build to get to that point is all.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
1: I remember thinking, like, you know, when I was just starting to get into, like, the corporate world when I worked in advertising, and I remember reading, like, you know, things that would be categorized under, like, self-help boss bitch, like, Sheryl Sandberg lean-in nonsense, that, like— you shouldn't apologize. Like, don't... Like, do you remember seeing all those, like, articles that were like, if you're a woman in the workplace, like, try to try to hold back on apologizing. Like, don't say I'm sorry so much. Right, right. And I think that that is toxic thinking, too. Because, like, that is such a mask way of moving through the world. And I think that, like, that is such a patriarchal thing to think about. Like, men not apologizing in workspaces. And it's not just men. It's people across the spectrum. But, like, I didn't follow that because I'm like, if I'm fucking up and it's affecting someone, I really hope that I can get to a point that I can push my pride aside to say that I'm sorry. And so right. I, I want more of that.
3: Well, I think that there's definitely, you know, a place for apologizing when you are the person who fucked up or did something wrong. My understanding is that like a lot of the criticism r- around women apologizing, especially in the workplace, is we apologize when we don't do anything wrong. So the example I always remember when I first read about this was that if uh, a guy walks out of a presentation, a-, a colleague, and you say, "How'd it go?" and he said, "Oh, I bombed so hard," a w- a woman would say, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> That is true. Right? And, and a man would be like, dude, that sucks. <laughs> like, you know.
1: Right, right, and, and right, that
3: And that felt, like, very true. And I'm like, yeah, that is always my reaction to express, like... Empathy? Yeah, empathy. I'm like, it's more of, like, a, an empathy thing, but then it takes the form of an apology and does that subconsciously then build up in people's minds to like oh these women keep apologizing they must be fucking up all the time. <laughs> uh I don't know because in that situation yeah. like
1: I don't know I think I I think I would say I'm sorry that
3: happened. Yeah me too. I would too. That that's my yeah. instinct. Yeah that's if I instinct. hear anything bad from somebody but but now I will kind of stop myself every time I say I'm sorry or write I'm sorry and like a work Place uh, setting, I'm like, wait, am I sorry? Was this my fault? Did I do something? Do I have something to be sorry about? Uh, is there another way I can express this and show empathy that isn't using apology yeah. language? Okay, that, I like that. Move over, Cheryl okay. Sandberg. <laughs> Move over. Sorry, Cheryl.
4: Sorry sure. Yeah I would say sorry if someone bombed a meeting But I would never say sorry if someone bombed on stage (laughs) Imagine that I am so sorry Imagine I'm
1: so sorry (laughs) Oh my god I mean honestly I might just be doing it to like Terrible comments If they're bombing on I'm just I'm so sorry (laughs) Are you okay The crowd wasn't there Are you okay (laughs) The crowd wasn't on your side tonight (laughs) I'm so sorry
3: (laughs) Uh, well, speaking of being a comedian, I think that uh, a lot of times comedians are asked to apologize for jokes. Do you think we should apologize for jokes that don't land or don't hit right? Like when Kathy Griffin apologized, I was so mad. Oh, for that like, the, have the severed. The head. Yeah. I was like, you should not not have apologized because... You knew what you were doing. I don't think you were sorry. You just didn't expect the, the backlash. Like, maybe it wasn't a great thing. But then it turned out she wasn't sorry for it. She's still, like, I think she would do it yeah. again. <laughs> she, I mean, I don't think knowing what she knows now and that she would have, like, lost all those jobs and had, like, a nervous breakdown, I don't think she would have done it again. But, like, she did kind of take that in stride and did a tour outside the U.S. and... Uh, used that as a way to like empower herself or or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have apologized and given into this like phony outrage yeah. from from the right. I I am a I, I know this is like such a touchy topic for people.
1: That is such a good example because to me, I don't think she should have apologized because she was in comedy terms punching up. Like she was taking mm-hmm. a joke at someone who is in a position of power who has yep. shown themselves to be unthinking and I for for her to apologize that was like I I I, I feel that she probably just felt pressure to do that, but I don't think she needed to do that. With jokes that I consider like uphold the status quo and like continue to marginalize people. I don't know if I need an apology from people, but I think they're bad and hacky fucking jokes. So like yeah. Uh, you know, someone um, someone like like a Kevin Hart who had to go on a Ellen DeGeneres yeah. show and apologize for that joke. Like, yeah, I want you to I kind of do. Like you made yeah. a terrible joke and it was in a in in a vi- like Ellen, if you're talking about, like, be kind and, like, worried about queer youth being bullied, so much of that stems from fucking jokes that continue to have, like, homophobia be the punchline. So, like, I do—I'm sorry, but I do think that, like, you do need to apologize or at least own up to the fact that, like— rhetoric and how we talk about things has a trickle-down effect that can be violence against someone. So for those things, I think so. And people are probably like this PC bitch up in here, just wanting everything to be (laughs) defund the PC police.
3: Um, (laughs) But like, but like we just had an episode with Judy gold about PC culture. God, I mean, I know, but, but, but I think, but her point and the book she just wrote, it, does distinguish between punching up and just taking like cheap hacky shots that don't need to be had. You know, you're not pushing any envelopes by making um, jokes at gay people's expense when you're not a gay person or uh, an example that maybe I shouldn't talk about, but uh, Jessica Kirsten uh, was called out on Twitter for a video she oh, had yeah. of this character she used to do. And uh, the character's name was Shaniqua, and you can pretty much imagine yeah. the rest yeah. of it. It mean- was horrible. Oh, and God. one of our past guests, uh, Ashley Ray, called her out on it, and she refused to apologize and stood her ground and you know, Ashley wasn't looking to cancel her. She was just like, take the video down and admit that this was yeah. tasteless and harmful and just reinforce bad stereotypes and to have people um, not take black women seriously because of the the way they talk. That's yeah. it, you know? So so that's where I think that there is... a Apologies could be <laughs> used <laughs> in, in comedy. But then if you have a joke that's obviously comes from a good place, is maybe envelope pushing or a little bit edgy, but you know that that person isn't, like, punching down or or being ignorant with it, it's just, like, a little bit of a miss, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then I think, I don't know. I mean— Like, I'm sure, like, like 9-11 jokes. Yeah.
1: It's so interesting to see people that are like, we're free speech warriors! And I'm like, yeah, okay— wh- I guess we all are cuz we get to say whatever we want like all the time. There's like there there is no like incarceration that happens if you're, you know, telling bad jokes. I think you should get to have to experience the consequences consequences of telling a bad joke. Like say whatever the fuck you want, but like yeah if people get pissed off, like you should also have to handle that. I never liked like the idea of people being like, Oh my God, you're so like the joke. Like everyone is so triggered and everyone is so offended. And there's like no safe space for like white dudes to make jokes like they used to anymore. And I'm like, yeah. So what are you going to like, what are you going to do about (laughs) it? You get to keep making those jokes. You, every time you get canceled, you keep making more jokes. Like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you don't like, apologize. Is- so I like I don't care that you don't care. Like go away. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I do think that when people do say something shitty and they apologize, it's a sincere apology I think we should allow them to, you know, as long as they don't keep doing it and it proves to be sincere, (laughs) that it shouldn't be like, I'm never going to see them again. Because there there are people that we all like who, like, whether they're famous or not in our lives, who fuck up at some point. And it's nice to be able to be like, oh, good. You realize that you were an asshole? Okay. Just don't do that again and we could be cool, but I'm willing to move past it. It feels so much better being able to do that than just... Uh, assuming that people can't learn and, and can't grow, but uh, I, yeah, apologies are just so hard for for so many people. And now we have a president who famously never apologizes yes. and won't apologize for. I'm trying to think. Almost of anything. I'm trying to think of one too. He had he had one thing that he apologized for, and I can't remember it right now. But it was something pretty minor. And but like he didn't even apologize when he called his own supporter fat at the rally when he thought it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he thought it was a protester. Oh my god! And and then he just oh, called. I missed this. The next, one. I missed this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was <laughs> there was somebody with like an anti-Trump sign at a Trump rally like a year ago, and this uh, Trump supporter grabs the sign out of his hands. Well, then Trump sees him with the oh sign and God. just starts making comments about like his weight and how he needs to like go home and work out or could use some, <laughs> some exercise or something sure. like that, which is layers yeah. of irony. But, uh, <laughs> and, and then the guy uh, was on, you know, all the cable news networks the next day. And he's like, Still love Trump. He's the guy. Uh, You know, he called me on the phone and they're like, did he apologize? And he's like, nope, he doesn't need to. Oh, my God. He just called you fat in front of an auditorium. And if Hillary had called him curvy, you know he would have been.
1: (laughs) That bitch called me thick. What the? Healthy. Can you believe this? Can you believe this?
3: oh my gosh right. i mean
1: uh, wow loving yeah. loving the discourse in our country
3: yeah <laughs> i mean so to so many people and i'll say it i think it's especially men that they see apologizing as weakness yeah. or as conceding when i think more women tend to see it as a sign of strength or maturity yeah <laughs> uh I, and i think it's a co- that's why yeah. it's great to be gay
1: (laughs) i mean i think it's a quality that is like you said that it's like a very like it's a soft it's a soft quality that is empowering and like as 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 queer women like you know i fucking love apologizing i probably apologize too much (laughs) me too Uh, can't get enough of it (laughs) can't get enough of it can't get enough of it my partner and i like in this time of quarantine my partner and I are usually long distance and have, like, um, we've been together for seven years and, like, half of that has been long distance. But now in the quarantine, I see her every day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. It, oh, yes. I see her every day. <laughs> um, and it's the best. But also, like, you know, we're learning new things about each other because we're Navigating this pandemic in two rooms that, like, we can't escape from each other. And so, like, right. I find myself apologizing all, not all the time, but just because, like, it feels like it's just dis- diffusing of the situation because everything feels so heightened right now. Like, any little stressful moment, or like any time I talk, like, if I, if, if I, feel like I'm even talking short. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, you don't have to apologize all the time. I'm like, but we are in a pandemic and everything is so sensitive right now. Like I need to. Right. <laughs> like yeah. the only control we have is over our feelings. So Truly. <laughs> Allie's doing that a lot too. The more you talk
4: about it, I'm realizing that's exactly what's happening with her right now. She has been apologizing
3: really? a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I... I think that's a, a very big thing with queer women and queer relationships, or at least for me, or at least in my uh, relationship with my wife, I find like there are a lot of times where she'll apologize, and then I'm like, don't apologize for that. You don't need to apologize for that. I'm the, And then we're like fighting over who's the one that's supposed to apologize. I'm like, no, this was my fault. I'm sorry. I need to do better. No, no, it could have been me. And... <laughs> And it's like, let's just agree that it was both of us. And then it's like, but mostly me. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> You're, like, fighting to find the fault. I love that. I mean, that's—we have started, which—I mean, saying it out loud is going to be embarrassing. But uh, we have started doing, like—I'm I'm sorry, cosmically. Like, I—like, I—like— <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, I, I want to apologize. Because it's like, you know, the the—I want—like, if she's feeling down or something has happened, like, the— you know, out of the presentation vibe of, like, I'm sorry that, like, it's showing empathy. So instead of, she's like, you, it's not your fault. You don't need to say sorry. So we've started saying I'm sorry cosmically, uh, trademark, and <laughs> feel free to use that. <laughs> but it is, like, I, I really feel like we are in this time where I am so stressed and, like, Different levels of anxiety and depression because this is, like, very hard. I think we're all experiencing, like, an existential, like, national mourning and grief mm-hmm. and anger Yeah. that I am walking around the house, like, apologizing for everything. <laughs> and she is, too. We're just, like, a house of apology right now. And no, it, no one is at fault. It's just, like, it
3: is all the control we have. I, I do want to clarify and say that I do think men are capable of No, 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 no. Don't no, they I can't. men capable. <laughs> capable.
4: You're already apologizing to the comments we're going to get from some <laughs> listeners who say that
3: Carolyn can be too anti-men. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I grew up I grew up with a dad who never apologized and takes no responsibility for any any of the ways that my sister and I have a residual childhood yeah. trauma. And he's like, nope, I did nothing wrong. Everything, <laughs> everything's great. And I'm like, mm, really? <laughs> I mean, I think it is. And he just can't apologize. Yeah, I don't want to like,
1: blank, like I don't want to blanket that, that that is something that men cannot do. But I know like a lot, like my s- straight male, like cis straight male friends, I do find that it's harder for them to apologize When something has happened. Um, And I wish that there was like a a softness that everyone could have and that everyone kind of felt that apologizing is an an empowering thing.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think it's just like a conditioning thing that they're always taught that that's that that is soft and then the worst thing Uh, To be as a boy in this country, uh, especially in middle school, is soft. I mean, like, I... And that sticks with you. Yeah. I just... (laughs) I I follow
1: a lot of sports Instagrams. Mm. And, like, so many of the comments are, like, teen boys just saying awful, terrible things that they're just parroting. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so clear that they're just parroting... Maybe someone in their family or some other avenue of social media, and they see how many likes it gets to say to like fucking Sabrina Ionescu, go make a sandwich. Like that gets them like thousands of likes. Yeah. I know it. Dry, it it honestly takes all of my power not. To, I'm I'm like, am I gonna get into the DMs of this high school I've had senior? To fight the urge. <laughs> not on
4: sports Instagrams, but on Comedy Central <laughs> Instagrams. Yes. Oh my god! Of women comics.
1: Yes. Oh, You got to fight the urge. Mm-hmm. I've had, like, oof, so close to being, like, commenting on his, like, senior prom picture.
4: Yeah, <laughs> on his lacrosse photo. On his lacrosse photo. <laughs>
1: just, just drag his ass. <laughs> but I do think it's—I think it is an, a, a conditioning thing. And I think, yeah, we should just all apologize more. It's not—it's not—, it's not I mean, my ex girlfriend never apologized. So, like, you know, women are bad at it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just drag her. Yeah. Drag her ass in this.
4: (laughs) Well, yeah. Allie, we're both very stubborn, my girlfriend and I. And um, she started therapy in quarantine. And maybe that's why she's apologizing a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're putting these puzzle pieces together. I'm figuring it out as. I don't have therapy right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> ah! um, do you find that, like, you, like, in past relationships, I feel like I have a much better, like, communication and emotional iq in my current like in my partnership right now um but as uh, like in my 20s it was like beyond me to accept fault and like apologize for things that i had fucked up with my ex-girlfriend like i know that about myself that i had like way too much pride
4: yeah same and <laughs> it was it's still kind of hard um can <laughs> stubborn but yeah, so much harder. But as I grow older, I feel like there is, it's like a power move almost to apologize now. Cause like it, you're gaining, you're taking your power back by taking responsibility for things. Yeah. And that's like a sign of strength now to me. Maybe that's why I do Agreed. it so much. are <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: <We're> just-, <laughs> uh, just full of power. Yeah. So full of power. I, fu- I found myself like in my earlier relationships apologizing but to a point where I think I was being manipulated into always thinking Mm -hmm. that things were my fault so if somebody cheated on me it was my fault and I would end up apologizing so it was just like really really sad and then and then you get resentful about the fact that you apologize because when you apologize for something that you're not really sorry for and you feel like you were bullied into it then you marinated it on it for a few days and you're like wait a minute why the hell did i apologize like no it's so it's so
1: i find that that happens the most with my siblings i'm one of four daughters and mm, like wow. the <laughs> i have one sister and it is gets contentious so <laughs> yeah i mean like sim- i don't think we talk about how enough about how like difficult and also like really loving sibling relationships are, but they're hard Mm because like you are expected to be close and great. And like when it doesn't happen all the time, I I find that our family, like we, we, we don't apologize to each other. We do this very healthy thing where we just like, don't talk to each other for months and then just pretend that it never happened.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't talk to my sister for a year and a half
1: (laughs) a couple of years back.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, And then then you just... And it was the petty fight, but we're just, like, uh, that stubborn. What concert did she not invite you to? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I... It's so... It's, like, I find... Yeah. I, I find apologizing to my siblings or, like, having a conversation about who was at fault or any sort of, like, reconciliation with my siblings is the fucking hardest. Yeah. We're also, like, so spread out in age. I have two that are seven and eight years older than me and another one that is nine years younger than me. Wow. So, like, you know, we have, like, there's we're, like, working with, like, different generations. Yeah. And, like, different versions of our parents raising us. And, like, anyway, this is my family back. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, intergenerational yeah. apologies are extra hard. So hard. Yeah. Which is why I will am- Never get an adequate one from my dad and vice versa, probably in his eyes. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Oh. So real.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad my dad and I um haven't been talking for a couple years now, uh, because he won't apologize. And my mom and my sister are like, just apologize to her. Just apologize. And he's like, No, nothing to apologize for. And they're like, You know you <laughs> were wrong. Just apologize that that's all she wants, and she'll talk to you again, and he's like, "Nope, and I'm like, all right, I guess i'm gonna uh that is so hard yeah, like a, an apology can be so powerful, like when it's done right or when mm-hmm. it's it's needed there's a and another thing I want to talk about with apologies is timing, oof, yeah. I think I think I fuck that up a lot. <laughs> I think timing, yeah, it can be very important because I think sometimes you can apologize too soon uh, yeah. before you even right. process right. what you're apologizing about because you're just trying to smooth things over. Right. And it's like a reactive apology. That's what a lot some- of the
4: notes app screenshot apologies feel like to me. Yes. Yeah. Like next yeah.
1: day, 100%. like there's no way you've processed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're typing with, if you're typing with your thumbs, like you have not processed. (laughs) right. (laughs) Rule. You have not processed what has wrong.
3: There's also waiting until the season premiere of your daytime talk show to make sure (laughs) uh, the maximum number of people tune in to boost your ratings kind of apology. And that also doesn't seem too effective and a little bit more self-serving than serving. Like, who did Ellen's apology serve? herself yeah herself and i, th- herself, I think 100% that's a key indicator of is it a good apology it's yeah. who does it serve does it serve you or does it serve the person that you've wronged right like with the too quick apology
1: that one and i and i am at fault at that it's like I'm just trying to like, I'm apologizing because I want to feel better immediately. And I'm trying to like rush you into feeling better because I've fucked up. Like that is totally a, a selfish apology. And I, I think that's hard to like, I think that's hard to sit with and reckon with the fact that like, you know, these apologies are for other people. And I, because we're human are just like, okay, if I can just apologize, I'm owning up to it. Like I'm owning up to it and I'm not being prideful and I'm going to say sorry right now. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's really disingenuous.
4: Right. I'm guilty of that too. Almost like a pre-apology Pre apology, yes. or like I'm owning up to things before anyone can even accuse me. That's been me this entire podcast,
3: Melody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know we do this on the podcast a lot. <laughs> Actually, what, like, so like oh, pre like, yeah. before you give us a one star review yeah. because I said something positive about <laughs> <Right>. Ellen.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you got to give the pre apology. Yeah, that's it's, there's the
4: if apology too, like, if this offends anyone, I'm sorry. And yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: Also, I think uh, in terms of when you give an apology, it has to be given without the condition that the other person has to accept it and that there can't be yeah. any anger for somebody not accepting an apology because they don't have to. And I think that's another way that apologies can go bad is where somebody's like, I did everything. I, I did the perfect apology and you're yeah. still mad. It's like, well, yeah. Sometimes you fuck up real big. <laughs> and, yeah. And that person's like not ready to forgive you. Like, I can think of instances or I know people who have like suffered real trauma, and the person who's responsible for the trauma, it's like they can say that they're sorry and feel really bad about it, and be sincere about it, but that doesn't mean that everything's okay. That other right. person's still traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what
1: the other thing is like, you know, what is the best format for an apology? Like, Notes app. If you're... I thought we already made this. <laughs> <laughs> Word processor of choice plus screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> is it a screenshot? Like, you know, with siblings or with friends, like, is it a text? Is it an email? Do you call them? Do you, like, what is, what is the right way? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes Sib- I think a text is, like, overwhelming to see a full apology in a text like anytime I see like a big block of text I'm like yeah this is not good (laughs) (laughs) but it is probably notes app you're probably right (laughs) or like a quote or like a screen grab of a spiritual quote quote that's like you're on you're on your own calendar take advantage of your freedom and then apologize (laughs)
3: I'm curious what you both think about apologizing for things that are very far in the past. So... Oof. Things like maybe there was somebody uh, in middle school that you weren't as nice to as you should have been. And now that you're an adult and you realize it. Yes, I am talking to myself.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) You're
3: like, oh, Jesus. uh, I feel like the biggest piece of shit. I There's absolutely no excuse. And I... I'm so sorry. And I wish I could talk to this person and just tell them how sorry I am. But will that make them feel like shit? Do they maybe not remember it that way? Am I just causing more harm? Does that apology just serve me and trying to feel better? I don't know. Carolyn, uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. Like, is there a statute of limitations on apologies?
4: I kind of thought about that when, um, with like Jimmy Fallon apologizing for, um, ruffling. Yeah. Um, what was it, like, Blackface in a Sketch in 2000? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, 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 um, yeah. Just, like, you know, it, and it happened recently. Just, like, it's 2020, we're reflecting, we're apologizing. But, like, so many uh, apologies are coming from decades ago. And, like, how worthy
1: are they now? Do we need them, you know? It's so hard to tell. I mean, like, it, I also thought about, apologizing to someone from high school in this like in the pandemic i was like truly thinking like who have i wronged (laughs) who has wronged me (laughs) like what things can i smooth over as i sit in like constant reflection um and you know maybe in my case it was it felt like more that i was doing it for myself Yeah. yeah like it felt like I was like, okay, this is like one thing that's nagging me a little bit. Maybe I should reach out and— apo- Like, I think my goal was like, if I reach out and apologize, will she reach out—will be- Bet she reach back out and apologize for how fucked up she was? Like, I, it's almost like I wanted to reach out to her to get the satisfaction of like, we both saw how young and dumb we were, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And my partner was like, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I personally wouldn't. Yeah. She was like, that. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you will not get the results that you think you want. And like, and I think that that is valid. Um, I think like reaching back out to apologize to someone that you want in your life, maybe. Yeah. In terms of like statute of limitations. Like, would you want this great school person to be friends with you now? Like, would you want to like jump on a Zoom cocktail hour with them? right. Right.
3: Yeah, like I was starting to think about it from my angle. I'm like, well, if like Rob Spence were to get back in touch with me uh, for calling me ugly in the hallway in seventh grade and apologize, okay, well, then I'm
4: owed a lot of apologies from (laughs) elementary (laughs) and middle
3: school, hella bullied, okay, (laughs) right? But, but do you, but do you want those people to reach out and be like, God, Melody, I'm so fucking sorry. I, was I want Kevin jerk. Matthews to reach out, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <But> only him. <laughs> Just the one I've fixated on. I don't care about any of those people because because <laughs> most of them, I'm like, oh, we were dumb kids and kids yeah, are terrible no, I and they say mean to things to each other. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't, It it's okay.
1: <laughs> the petty person in me. Wants Ashley, my fucking well, name Yeah, we're naming names. I give first and last names. All our bullies like have um, the most basic names anyways, it seems. So. I'm Ash- I want Ashley, who was like a uh, classic bully on my soccer team. We were friends. She's also gay. So like, whoa. Okay. Was she bullying me because she was in love with me? We don't know. That's the story I'm going sure. myself. For sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> she transferred schools in the middle of high school and then would was on the like rival team i'm not making this oh, is this like
4: is sh- <laughs> this, this is great This <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like we were best friends and then we got to high school and we both made the soccer team like the not to brag varsity soccer team and she <laughs> nice. started immediately bullying me just like a switch had flipped, and she was like slide tackling me, and like being super aggressive. And I was tiny; like I was a small, like very very small freshman. I don't think I, I don't think I hit like triple digits until my senior year of high school. Like I was like ninety six pounds, like all of high school, and like five foot two. Oh, and she just cr- like would run through me. And she transferred to another school. And would call us dykes on the other like that was her insult to Project us. She'd be much? like,
3: "Yeah, <laughs> wow."
1: She was like, "I would have never been so bold." Dykes. I know, I know. <laughs> and so, I I don't want I I mean like I kind of want an apology from her. I would just love for her to send me one of those like. Instagram DMs that are like oh my god I found you it seems like you're doing so well and then I would never respond like right. I want I want to like I want her to leave, see, her leave her on red I want to leave her on red I want to I don't want to accept it but I want to see it oh okay and I <laughs> and I want her to be like it seems like you're thriving and you're also gay that's really great like I'm gay too <laughs> like that's what I wanted I, I wanted to be like I'm gay too and I'm sorry I treated you that way and then I just would not respond <laughs>
3: I That's my dream. want more than anything that Ashley listens to this podcast and is hearing this and <laughs> There's a chance up. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, There is a chance. Ashley, make her dreams come true. Uh, it's the least you could do. <laughs> and the send least. that message Honestly, that will never get answered.
1: Never get answered. Or just like send me a soccer ball that you've signed with this exact apology that I have dictated to you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do respond, it'd be funny if you just responded, dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh,
3: That just reminds me of uh, I reconnected with like a high school friend on Facebook or someone. uh, We went to elementary school together and we had kind of a falling out at the end of elementary school and we're never friends again. So when we connected on Facebook, I sent a message that was like, hey, remember when uh, we hated each other's guts? LOL. (laughs) And then she wrote back. No, I remembered when we were best friends until we <laughs> weren't. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> we went off to oh, middle school and she was like God. plotting. I would hear rumors that she was like plotting ways to like publicly humiliate me and get guys to like punch me in the hallway and like Ugh. all these just like really mean things. And I was like in a constant state of fear that she was going to do something. And she remembers none of that. And I was just trying to like make light of that situation. Oh, so then what oh makes God. me think like, yeah, maybe, uh you know, go back and bring up stuff from, from the past. You just let it go.
1: you <laughs> it. I go think far. the bullies, I think the bullies forget that they were Bullies. You remember everything. I remember everything Ashley did to me. (laughs) (laughs) Truly everything. Hurt people hurt people. It's true. It is true. I mean, Carolyn, your best friend, like, turning on you in middle school, I feel like that is, like, a classic middle school, like, just best friends in grade school, and then they get to middle school, and they think they're all cool and, like— the bet, like I remember, one of my very close friends from fifth grade. I had just moved to Erie, Pennsylvania, and I was in fifth grade, and we were moving into sixth grade. And she was one of the popular girls, and I, and I was still in the friend circle, but they all took turns bullying each other and me. So, like one week, we would like group bully one person and then another week we would group bully another person and Julie was the lead of the bullying like she never she was never the one that was the victim and then I remember like one lunch in 7th grade all of us banded together to finally like tell her off that we would not be like bullying each other anymore at her like order and I think I stood up and I said something like at the time I had Birkenstocks I had like Blue Birkenstocks so that had. <laughs> okay, baby gay. Blue. Yeah. N- ro- royal blue Birkenstocks with the red, yellow, and green buckles. So oh, they wow. kind of looked like play school adjacent. Like. <laughs> Yeah, oh, <laughs> like the place a primary a bri- color, right. Yes, just like a pri- just like <laughs> a primary color sandal, and she had called them play school sandals behind my back, and I like very vividly remember standing up at the lunch table after everyone had like shown like given their piece about Julie. I remember standing up and being like, and you know what, my sandals are fucking cool, okay? And then I like, walked away. Showed her. I showed her. <laughs> and she now is <laughs> follows me on Instagram.
4: Yeah, she does. She does. Did that she is, I'm very motivated by spite and I really do like th- I, I, I th- maybe too. that's I think about my bullies a lot and they're my driving <laughs> like motive for success. I think I want them to all follow me yeah, someday. Me too.
1: <laughs> Did Julie at some point send me a like shutter stock? She fu- she saw a Shutterstock photo or some sort of like stock photo of a young Asian girl with ice cream up her nose. And she sent it to me. This is a true story. She sent it to me and said, this reminded me of you. And it honestly took me a second because I was like, is that a picture of me? Because why else would she send a picture of an Asian girl to me? For a split second, I was like. Um, is that me? Am I racist to me? <laughs> like
0: Jesus. Is that picture made? It, Wait, it, this it is wasn't. the one that follows and, you now?
1: Yes, the one that follows me now mm-hmm. sent me that photo in a DM. Wow. Uh, and I honestly didn't know what to do because that is like very uh, that is like bizarre behavior. Yeah. Wait, so you never so got to the bottom of that? I I mean, well, I I was just like, "Oh, ha. Cuz I didn't I didn't want to be like Listen, bitch, this is not me. Where did you find this photo? And it creeped me out because it kind of looked like me as a kid. So it like doubly freaked me out. it It was all sorts of weird. And I also was like, you know, one of the few Asian kids and kids of color in this school. So like that was just like a very weird thing to receive as an adult from a person who used to bully me and is not my friend. Yeah. But I think she sent it in earnest. Like, I think she sincerely was like, oh my God, remember our friendship? Here is a stock photo of an Asian kid with ice cream <laughs> up their nose. She's still in Erie. <laughs> and yes. not seeing too many other people yes,
4: of yes, color. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes precisely, uh, 100%. Yeah, that was huge, just being bullied. And, like, even if your friends weren't bullying you, just being passive uh, while the bullies bullied you. Because yeah. you were a person of color and they're, like, yes. I would be bullied for being hairy and brown. And, like, in fifth grade, my friends being like, well, Melody, your arms are hairy. Just, like, being like, I can't That's fight so this mean. logic that these boys yes. are seeing. No. Heather? (laughs) I'm just really into
1: naming them all now. (laughs) (laughs) To learn how to apologize is such an important skill that I hope everyone listening has. Yeah, I wonder if these kids
4: in middle school these days are doing the fold apology notes. Ooh, yeah. And you know, the triangle yes. with the gel pen. Oh, Sorry yeah. Cut you yeah. No, no. Classic <laughs> yeah. apology note. That's such a good one. That's where we learned. That's where I learned how to apologize and just origami <laughs> fold it and pass it along. That is where I learned how to apologize, too.
1: <laughs> Write it in a note. Do you forgive me, circle yes or no? <laughs> the original was up. The original notes up. app. If only we could. Yes. <laughs> sorry, so sloppy. <laughs> with,
3: with one big S and then sorry, so sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> Those were all my notes. My best friend and I passed
1: back a notebook back and forth. We like didn't fold notes. We just had one notebook. Oh, and I love it. Guess who ended up with the notebook, baby? Yes. <laughs> I found it like a couple years ago at my parents' house and I just remember looking through that and I was like, oh, wow, I was in love with her 100%. (laughs) This is why I can't read a lot of my notes that
4: um, my parents recently moved and I grabbed a box full of those notes from middle school and I have them with me. And I did open a few and I had to stop. I was cringing so hard. I'm so blatantly in love with some of my
1: best friends. (laughs) It, like, hurts to read. It hurts to read. It really hurts to read. I, like... The one that I go back to is, like, I, lit- I asked her out on a date. I, like, asked her out on a date to go see Charlie's Angels and, like, for her birthday. And it is so cringy to read because you're, like, this person had no idea that I wanted to, like, be her girlfriend and to read all of my, like, extra emotional and, like... Using coded best friend language when it's like truly a love letter is so painful. Yeah. Oh god. I was
4: just like, I'll post mine on Patreon, though. (laughs) Please post. Follow
1: us on Patreon. I'll post mine on Patreon. Oh my god! Post one on Patreon. (laughs) I would love. I would absolutely love to read that.
4: Yeah, I'll send them to you.
1: Well, I'm sorry we took so much of your time.
4: Yeah, I'm (laughs) sorry to all the
3: listeners if we didn't cover an area of apologies that you were expecting us to. I'm sorry, too. And I'm sorry cosmically for everything that's
1: going on. And uh, I just hope we all start apologizing in a way that does not self-serve. Can't wait for the day that I figure that out 100%.
3: So where can Ashley find you on social media <laughs> to DM you and follow you or any of our listeners?
1: Um, Ashley, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Hank Tina. And you can also, <laughs> you can also I've seen hear the me. joke.
3: <laughs> And I forgot that was your handle. That's great. See
4: her
1: Comedy Central set for the explanation of that
3: joke. So funny.
1: Um, Thank you. And also, if you want to hear me bring up other, you know, unearth other petty uh, gripes that I have, um, I'm also a co-host on Hysteria, and I do a podcast called Popcorn Book Club, where we read a book that's about to be adapted and talk about the book and the TV and or movie that gets adapted. It's really fun
0: love that yeah we, we give our people
1: homework
3: it's a podcast nice. with homework <laughs> cool. love it thank you so much for diking out with us thank you thank for you, having Tian. me this was a delight wow since recording that melody i have thought even more about the ellen apology and even have a lower opinion of it I've let it marinate with me, and I'm like, man, that was truly, truly horrible. Who... I watched it again
4: after Who... our yeah. conversation. Terrible. Yeah, Terrible.
3: What do you say we get to our listener question? From a patron,
4: we've had a nice little streak of Patreon listener questions.
3: Yeah, this is a patron that we've gotten to know a little bit better from our Patreon, patrons-only Facebook group. So it was cool to get a question from them. Continue.
4: Oh, yes, I love this listener. Uh, Let's get into it. This listener wrote in, I recently went through a very heart-wrenching breakup. I'm starting the process of healing and moving on by weeding out a lot of the stuff that was hers and or the stuff we shared. This includes many sex toys. I have no idea what to do with them. I want to get rid of them because I feel they hold too much of a sexual connection to my former partner. However, things like my strap-on were really expensive, and I would hate to part with it. But also, it's not like I could use it on another partner. What should I do?
3: Well, thank you for submitting the most relatable question (laughs) Yeah, for this audience. Truly. (laughs) Um... I've held on to sex toys through relationships. Have you? I held on to them until I threw them out. Specifically <laughs> in regards to a strap-on. But okay. not the strap itself, just the dildo.
4: That's what I, that was going to be my first suggestion. At least hold on to the harness.
3: Right. Yeah. Hold hold on to the, the harness. Yeah. Those I mean, because a good harness is you know is a good investment and and hard to come by. I went really throw that hard out. to find. In terms of everything else, I mean, I know I've held on to stuff before because I think like not that I'm ready to use it immediately again because I agree it is weird and there's some attachment and and also when you use a strap on, it's usually like. I think that couples usually pick them out together, or it's based on the person's preference in terms of the uh, the receiving party. If there's just one, or or both of you, if you both like to to take turns, whatever. But you agree to kind of what you want in terms of the the aesthetic, the size, the special features, you know. So th- I think that makes it feel very personal. I hate throwing out things. It's more of like I feel guilty about throwing it out and less about like, oh, I paid X amount of money for it. But it, but I get that too. Like it is an investment and you're spending this money. I think some things can be reused. But then with the with the strap on, that's so, you know, if if it's like bondage type stuff or it's or if it's, like, a vibrator that you can use solo, if there aren't, like, too many memories connected to that. Yeah. Maybe you can keep it and just need some time and distance, but it sounds like it's just going to be really weird for you to keep your, your strap on, and it might be best just to to part with it and move on.
4: Yeah. The strap-on itself seems to be, like, the one thing that I haven't carried from relationship to relationship. Otherwise, the vibes and everything, that seems like... like- I have my own personal relationship with them, with the toys themselves.
3: There's a theory in decision making, and I'm sure I'm butchering it, but it's around um, sunk costs and the fact that most of the time you shouldn't make decisions around sunk costs because it won't lead to good decision making. So for Mm -hmm. example, if you have tickets for a concert and you already spent the money for the tickets, but you have... The flu or you're feeling like really really shitty if you decide to go to the concert because you're like i already spent the money that's like a bad decision you should be doing it based on like do i feel physically right up to going and that should be the factor yeah so when you make a purchase you just have to be like that cost it's sunk it served its purpose and then just marie Kondo that shit like, be thankful <laughs> for for what it brought you at the time. And also very sorry that you're going through a heart-wrenching yeah. breakup. Those breakups are really tough. And applaud you for getting rid of the things that remind you of the relationship. Because I think that's a very healthy and helpful thing to do. So, yeah. If, if there are some more personal stuff that might not be that might not hold, um, as much of intimacy currency, (laughs) like, yeah, if there are things that you're
4: unsure about, like, sure. The actual dildo, maybe not the harness, but then if there's things in between, you're not sure about why can't you just put it in a box and put it away and see how you feel in a few months.
3: Or float it out to sea, and if it comes back, then you know your answer.
4: <laughs> I know. I mean, this listener literally lives in Alaska, so it shouldn't be hard
3: to find the sea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have a question, you can send it to dikingout at gmail.com, or if you're a patron, you can send it to us through Patreon. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you to all of our patrons and for all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to us each week. Uh, you can follow us at Diking Out on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And if we get to our 10,000, it's not an if, it's a when. And honestly, Melody, when? I'm getting so much anxiety about this. Because uh, <laughs> Melody I'm so said... so excited. Oh, I... I follow through on promises. So when we get to 10,000, we're going to do a TikTok dance. We're going to do a TikTok dance. Are we going to be in the same place? Makes no or sense. Are we going to
4: sync two videos up together?
3: I think we might have to sync two videos up together. I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, why don't we have listeners write in
4: what specific TikTok dance we should do? Oh my gosh, please be kind.
3: <laughs> be kind to one another and us. <laughs> yeah, is the Macarena a TikTok dance? I can do that. Uh, you can follow me and my non-dance content at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. And you know what? I don't care what Ellen says. We're going to keep telling you. Be kind to one another.